0: Welcome back to Colin Shots. This is Seth Partnow. I'm joined by a I don't know. Are you a special guest? Um a, a, I think a frequent I'm special. I I I think so too. Uh, a a frequent conversant of mine, uh one of my podcast partners on Nerdish Your and the creator of One More Thing and he does Twitter spaces for the NBA and a bunch of other stuff. Uh my guy Mo Daquil. What's up, Mo? <laughs> What's
1: up, Seth? I I thought you'd be tired of me. And not want to have to
0: do another podcast with me. You know, we're we're unburdened by Dave, so it's it's a good time. To talk. We take
1: so many shots with Dave. What
0: is this the two of us? <laughs> so, well, plus we get to talk about topics that he doesn't like, like soccer. Yeah. Um, so you you've been you've been watching the World Cup kind of like I have. Um, pretty chalky second round so far, except.
1: The- Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. My North African brothers. <laughs> I, I,
0: you know, I, 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 so that's, that's bomb. There's a, a large portion of the company is Egyptian and, um, they are, um, excited.
1: Yes. Yes. Well, you know, it's funny. Cause it's like, so I'm for those that don't know, I'm, I'm first generation American, but my family comes from Libya. So immediately after all this, my dad, who doesn't watch sports, and I tell him like, "Oh, like Morocco beat Spain; it's a huge win." He's like, "Yeah, oh, one of the Moroccan players is also Libyan." <laughs> and I'm just like, "Yes, of course." <laughs> yeah, you know, so all that fun stuff. But it's a big win, man. Like this is—they're not just carrying North Africa; they're actually carrying for Africa right now too. So I think that's a big—that's a big stuff. A lot—a lot on their shoulders there.
0: Sort of the one non-traditional, like, oh, they're there at every tournament, team left.
1: Yeah, yeah, they, they really are, and it's, and it's fun. And I hope, you know, I hope Portugal used up all their luck by scoring six goals in this one to to not be able to score a single one against Morocco
0: in the next round. i got to say, it didn't look like luck.
1: No, Seth, but I just like to think that the soccer guys will be like, okay, you scored six goals, so now next game you score negative two.
0: <laughs> That's right. Um, any like honestly, who is anyone beating Brazil? Is it Brazil, France in the final, or is it just are we do we are we doing the thing that we often do in basketball, War one like sick performance, nope, no one's beating them. Like you know, uh, Brazil obviously just you know mixtaped all over uh, South Korea yesterday, and now we're falling all over ourselves. And it kind of happens every year that one of like the 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 top really top teams just like destroys. Sure. Kind of a smaller team. And, the, oh, well, who can stop them? Well, a team with players who play in the same league.
1: Well, I would say Brazil has looked pretty dominant, I think, throughout the, the, the tournament for the most part in, in my very novice expertise analysis. Um, but, like, I think the I, – I, I think we're most likely to bet – if you were betting, I'd bet Brazil, France. But this is the beauty of the, the knockout stage. It's literally one game. It's it's NCAA tournament. It's it's the most random thing. It's I'm really hoping we get Brazil Argentina in the in the 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 semifinals because I think then then we get to the point where it's like I can see them losing to Argentina. There's you know, there's so
0: I, so many potential tasty matchups like if Portugal isn't gonna play Ronaldo and then they play Argentina like the potential for for banter coming out of that game no matter what happens is tremendous.
1: I mean, there's so much stuff. So, like, I think it's 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 fun. But I think most likely, Brazil, France, I think is 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 the case. We just chalk it up there. I mean, like Mbappe, he's incredible, man. And and, and I don't know if anybody can really kind of stay with him. But it it it, it just takes a, a, a weird balance and things. All of a sudden, they go differently. And there's no series. It's not like, well, look, they blew game one. They'll come back for game. They'll come back in game two and fix everything. Right. No, you blew game one, you're you're going home now. So right. we're at that stage. So I think that's the fun
0: stuff. Uh Mbappe, so let's use Mbappe to, as a uh oh, a good point to transition back to to our, our home, the NBA. Uh, some fr- some some of the some of my, my, my folks in my group techs here in Milwaukee have taken to call and calling him football Giannis. And I think that's I think that's kind of right in just in terms of like, oh wait, he's just like physically dominant over all of these guys. Good luck. When, when he has it going. Um, I think we've, we've talked a lot about the Bucks being, you know, one of the, at this point, would you say the bucks are kind of one of two teams that you say, would say have looked good or as good as you expected them so far this year?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it's, it's funny cause it's, I still feel like there's a whole another level that they can reach, but they just look like this. They look like the bucks. This is not a, uh, they have the beauty of continuity in the sense of like, we know what they are and you just kind of watch them go from, from there. And I think it's I'm trying to find the right way to, to phrase it, but it's washing,
0: clothes. Think, yeah, they're, they're washing clothes. clothes. Yeah. yeah. They're washing
1: clothes. Yeah. just They're just playing the way we know the Bucks play. And it's just so damn hard to guard them. And, and, and the surprise that Brooke Lopez has, has been as good as he has been this season, I think it just makes them even, even tougher, but it doesn't change how they play.
0: Right, and that's, I mean, and that, that's that's you know more about the the his his physical health, and I think we I think we knew Brook Lopez was good, especially defensively, but yeah, um, obviously right, right. shooting the ball a little better, but also moving like much better than you would think from enormous man who had back surgery in his mid thirties.
1: Yeah, and I think that's kind of the important thing there, and I think it's it's the the, the movement level. And if that can maintain throughout the, the season, it just makes Giannis's job easier. It makes Drew Holiday's job easier. It, it allows them to do a few more different things offensively and defensively. And it, and, and it carries over the rest of the way. And, and, and it helps in terms of just, hey, man, Giannis doesn't have to do everything tonight. You know, he can take a little bit of a break, you know, and, and things like that. I think that's what you're, you're looking for. And that's probably been the biggest surprise with them. Is just how good Brooke Lopez has looked, but that's about it. I mean, they're, otherwise, this is this is who we expected them to be.
0: Sure, and the, the Celtics, despite kind of having some turmoil, which we've we've talked about, everyone's talked about a lot, um, and and you know, not having Robert Williams, I don't think it, I, they're probably a little better. And and it's the, their offense is obviously better, and they're making more shots. But if you'd have told if you come into the season not knowing anything and said, "Hey, Celtics are going to be twenty and five you may have been well that's a, okay they, they got off to a good start, but you wouldn't necessarily you wouldn't be like shocked.
1: no I mean if you, if, if you were shocked by that, I would have just said you clearly didn't watch the second half of last season. You know I think when you watch the way this team has played, you know they're they're they brought they're bringing the same juice that they had last year, but they're just playing a better offense, which is also you know so much more delightful for me and for my eyes um whereas before it was so much one-on-one centric now it's more just hey we're we're moving the ball and we're watching the the growth of Jason Tatum into that superstar that's playing on both ends of the court he's setting screens he's cutting he's moving it's not just all one-on-one stuff from him and I think that's the stuff that when you watch Boston you go like okay that's what takes them to the next level is Tatum's growth as a as a a complete nba player i hate using the phrase two-way player because they're all supposed to be two-way players um but i think the him kind of completing that whole version both on offense and defense is, is really the the delightful thing to see from them and what again kind of pushes them over the top
0: i forget who i was watching them play it, w- it may have been the second miami game which they end up losing Uh, and there was a play where he went to the basket and missed a layup kind of flying by the rim and fell down out of bounds and kind of waved his arms at the ref and didn't get back on defense and Miami scored and I was struck by I've watched a lot of the Celtics this year and I was like you know what I haven't actually seen a lot of that this year and I think that was sort of a emblematic of some of the problems that you know the the that 10% of stuff that we thought that that Tatum could clean up to improve. The fact that that was like an outlier from this season, I think is almost illustrative of how he's improved.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, there's still some more, more complaining that I would like. I mean, there, it, it's not, um, I don't feel like that's been, that changed that much. It hasn't been eliminated,
0: but like the, I'm going to take myself out of the play and wave my arms.
1: Right. I mean, we we'll, we'll, we'll see how this kind of, carries on forward i mean he's definitely no Luca, but i think the uh i think but that's the stuff he's getting and it's and i think it's kind of the message coming across with these guys and and they have the same thing the bucks have continuity right like and and these guys have been together forever you know and, and especially brown tatum and smart so they kind of have that flow of like we know what we've been through together and we've been through battles we, we were two wins away from winning the NBA championship. We lost that game. We lost that. Now we're going to hear, now we understand what we need to do. And you can just kind of see the approach with them is very businesslike, because these distractions that they've had could have easily derailed other teams. And they've just decided, no, man, we're just, we're just going to focus and lock in and they're, they're, they're nailing it.
0: I mean, nailing it as in every three pointer. Um. Uh, so um,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, 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 so, th- but continuity can't be everything. It can't be because uh, I think um, one of the teams that we're probably most disappointed in is the Warriors. And that, that gets me to the topic that I, I kind of, you know, when we were, we were chatting beforehand, I really wanted to talk about is, you know, okay, there's been two kind of, there's been two top teams in the NBA this year. Um, I th- it, 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 I'd be surprised if someone else didn't emerge, and that makes me think that we're writing some teams off too early.
1: Yeah, I think the, I, I think the old adage of after 20 games, you kind of know what's going to happen in the NBA, I feel like that's kind of out the window these days, Seth. Um, I feel like, you know, l- last season with the, 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 the Celtics were a, uh, uh, fl- uh, probably a, uh, an outlier Right, and, and just how much of they flipped everything over and, and, and went completely nuts but I feel like teams this year are going to be slowly kind of building up you know uh, the the nuggets have a few bad losses okay no problem you know I think they're gonna have an unbelievable second half of the season once Murray gets his legs under him and things like that I think I think the we're, we're gonna see more and more teams kind of slow their way into the season now and I think kind of, that kind of makes the first 20 games being just the full, all right. This is what we know. What these teams are, I think, is going to be a little bit different in the next coming years.
0: It's interesting. I mean, it's. I mean, probably a function, sort of, of kind of the the, the management and, and rest and and just the, the the degree to which it seems like every contending team has sort of fully internalized the can't win the title in November.
1: Yeah, you know, and and and, and even some teams we can't make the playoffs in November, you know, and I feel like, and, and, and maybe that might be a bit of a overconfidence from some teams, but I feel like that's, that's more a, a thing to, something to kind of just watch for over the next few years. Cause I think that's something we've seen a couple of teams kind of surge after bad starts. Look at new Orleans last year, you know, and the God awful start that they had. And then they, they're in the playoffs and taking the, the Suns to six games. I think, you know, there's, There's going to be more of that stuff, too, where teams will find themselves, I think, later in the season than we're used to.
0: Well, let's stick with the Warriors there, because, I mean, I think that for a defending champ that is, you know, on paper bringing back their core, it's been rough.
1: (laughs) Rough is probably an understatement. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But
0: so I I don't think we need to rehash exactly how or why and just... You know, is there is there an actual you know contending team there without them making a move? Do they have to make a move? Even if they make a move, is there a contending team there?
1: I think I think I think even without a move, there's a contending team there. You know, it's it's a you know it's you know clay play better, right? Like that's great coaching. That's (laughs)
0: first 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 adjustment. Play better. Stop sucking.
1: Yeah, exactly. Make shots. Go rebound. you know, um, I think some of it is there's going to be growing pains with this team. I think people thought, and and and, and myself included, I thought Kaminga and Moody in particular would be able to just step right into new roles after having been with the team for a year and kind of understanding things. You know, and 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 they haven't fully delivered the way you want. Kaminga's looked better lately, and is you know he's been in and out of the rotation. He's back in now, and seeing how that goes. But I think it's they're a team that, hey, like, we're going to look at in the second half of the season and go, like, oh, they look so much better now than what they did at the start of the year. Because, you know, the idea and hope is that Kaminga and Moody figure it out. I don't think Wiseman's coming back into the fold. I think them taking him down to the G League and having him get a ton of minutes and things like that is great. I don't think that's a dude that comes in. But at the end of the day, they only need one or two of these guys to hit. Right and 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 maybe something happens in the buyout market, but you have Seth Curry and Clay Thompson and and, and Draymond Green and and you, your core is still your core, and I think if those guys play up to their level, and the Curry's held his end of the bargain, but I think if those guys play to their level, this is still a contending team. I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past them.
0: I've been a little disappointed in Steve Kerr. Not letting some of those guys play through some mistakes I, I again at in terms of the the because I it's like maybe this is being a little like results focused but it hasn't like it doesn't seem like it's really saved them any wins by well we're gonna go to you know and it, it, he, he he's not now but like we're gonna go to Ty Jerome and, and Anthony lamb instead of instead of you know because Moses, Moses Moody turned the ball over, or, or committed an extra foul, or something like that, I've been, I've been a little disappointed in in just not willing to live with a little bit more for a team that in general plays in a loose kind of all right. Well, you screwed that up. We'll get it back. Kind of kind of way. I, the, the standard that those guys are being are, appear to being held to has disappointed me.
1: Yeah, and I think it's an unfair one, especially like. Let them play through their mistakes in November, December, and January because the most important thing for the coaching staff to know is what are their limitations, you know, and, and, and what's the stuff we can correct and what's the stuff we can kind of try to change within them and things like that. I feel I, I feel you on that in the in the department that he's kind of not giving them that. But I think it's also the toughest concern is, it is, you know, we don't want to be in the play-in tournament. Right and like, how big of a hole can we let these guys get us into? And I think that's that part of that's the playing tournament calculation, right? Because it's one thing if like, all right, we're gonna struggle for the season, but if hey, as long as we're like a six seed or seven seed, we're fine. We'll be we'll beat anybody. We'll be the we We'll be the team nobody wants to play in the first round kind of stuff, and get going from there. But now you add in the calculation of like, we gotta go in the playing tournament and win one or maybe two games before the playoffs, that's a problem. I think that's part of the calculation, even this early in the season.
0: I just, again, I'm, I'm wondering, like, this isn't, this isn't like, you know, a player that I think we've wanted to see more of, you know, a Nyeka kang This isn't, uh, uh, this isn't playing Clint Capella instead of him, though. That's the, that, like, I'm right. just wondering like the, the counterfactual of, of, you know, well, we're going to play the veterans or the, the more solid guys instead. Well, those guys haven't played well either. So it's, I mean, in terms of in terms of their bench rotation, like Jamichael green is, has, has struggled Dante G Vincenzo is, is, you know, I, I remains to be seen whether he ever really gets back from that foot injury that he, he suffered in the playoffs a couple of years ago. Um, so I, I'm just wondering what you're losing.
1: I'm with you. I think that's the thing. Like, it's at this point, this is the time to do it, if you're Kerr. I, you know, my, my explanation was just probably thinking more the way, in the right. line of what he's thinking. But we've also seen it from so many coaches where they just trust the veterans. Yeah. You know, because it's not even these are guys that have been in the program for a long time, right? DiVincenzo, dude. uh the greens knew. Uh, I think, you know, you're, you're kind of looking at it going like, you know, they, they just trust them because they've been with teams and they feel comfortable and confident in what they can do. And they just don't know what these young kids can do, and that's the wild card. And that's the problem with a lot of coaches. It's just their kind of hesitation of, you know, trying to experiment in the regular season. You and I talk about this all the time. Like this is the time to experiment. This is what you. This is when you need to play these guys. And I think that hesitation with coaches in general fails a lot of young players.
0: I think that's right. Um, so I'm I was I'm I'm surprised by you saying that you think that there's a there's a possible contender there without them making a move because both of us, I think, were, we're um, agitating hard for for some one or more of the young guys to get traded for probably more front court help last year. And I think we're still like even more so there this year. So I kind of um, something struck me during the Dallas game. I, th- I guess that was last week. Is but, 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 you, before before yeah. you go to that. But see, like
1: we were we were agitating for that last year, and then they went and won the championship.
0: Yeah, right. Right, like you know what I right. mean.
1: So it's like so that's why I'm kind yeah. of like, well, if they can catch lightning in a bottle, Curry gets hot, Clay gets hot, Pool wakes up, they yeah, they, they might have something. Uh, hope isn't I, I, a plan though. But hope isn't the plan. On, we've, we've won elections
0: yeah. off of hope, Seth. So. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, si se puede. Um, <laughs> um, no, so so. The Dallas game. I interrupted. Yeah, watching the Dallas game, and I was, you know, we've we've been basically the entire Luca era. I mean, I think the the entire length of time that you and I have been doing a show has been, you know, our our. Uh, Dallas needs Dallas needs another shot creator. They need a ball handler. They need. Um, I kind of feel like the Warriors need that almost as much. It's. I don't
1: know if they necessarily need that because I think that's where Draymond comes in. But they need somebody that they can have on the floor when Draymond's not there and Steph's on the court, right? And I think that's the the guy they need. And whether that's a big man or a guard. I think kind of just helps. I mean, there's a lot of young guys, or, or just a lot of uh, uh, guards that could have fit the pro- fit this program. That would have been a lot of fun. Like, you know, imagine if they ended up with Goran Dragic. Right. You know, which you know, I don't even know if they were in the running for obviously with with, with their their tax situation because they're paying like a billion dollars for this team. Um, but I think they're. It's an interesting thing. Let me put it to you this way: it wouldn't hurt right? Like it's all a good thing. Having more ball handlers and more creators helps a ton. But I think that's what they were hoping Poole would be able to do. And that hasn't really panned out in the second unit. And I think their best, their best creator really is Draymond, you know, cause he just has that understanding and teams are going to sag so far off of him. He can go into a dribble handoff and Curry's going to get a clean three because of it. And I think that's the, the, the system they're running, but they got to find the guy that can do it when Draymond needs to go to the bench
0: it seems like almost their best option there is just is, is and this is going to sound crazy. Is Looney running a DHO with Curry?
1: But it's good. I mean, Looney's yeah. gotten a lot better at that too. Yes. Even in the short roll, when Curry hits him on the short roll, when they double and he finds the kick out, he's gotten a lot better in that regard too. It's just, is he at the point where you feel comfortable enough saying, no. Hey, like we can <laughs> do this. Yeah. You know, right. Exactly. Like that's, that's the thing. Is he, you know, so like if we, I want more front court help. But if we're, if they're going to make a trade, it's either that or another creator. I just don't know if the creator is as as important as finding somebody that can really just hold the fort, you know, uh, defensively for them. You know, down the stretch cuz I think that's what we're talking about come playoff time, right? Cuz the minutes are solely different come playoff time than what they're doing now. And I think that's where do you really need another creator cuz the ball's going to be in Curry's hands a ton.
0: I think, yeah, I think. I mean, that's that's as much about getting Curry to the playoffs, able to do that for you know thirty eight minutes a game. All
1: right. I, th- I think he's able to, but like, it, it, but the difference between that and Luca is that Luca doesn't have anybody. You know, who do you trust on that team to create offense? You know, when Luka's even off ball, I know Dinwiddie's done really well. I know that the Tim Hardaway stuff was is is. You know, he he's had moments and flashes where he's hitting shots and things. But no none of those guys I feel comfortable going like run the offense for the next five minutes. Like that's the massive difference that's where right. I feel like they can put Curry on the bench, bring Draymond in into the game, and have Draymond run run the offense as long as Clay and and, and and Poole are out there and he can kind of pinpoint and make passes and quarterback the stuff. The Mavs don't have that. That's a good
0: point. So you so you, you think I've gone too far with that and you would, you know, if you were picking you, you'd, you'd want a big wing or, or just a, a, a you know, a, a four or something like that to, to bolster them.
1: Yeah. I mean, cause like, look, the, 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 the proofing concept is there already. They haven't yeah. really had another playmaker, you know, we can, we can argue what Kevin Durant was, but they won the championship last year without actually another stud playmaker. You know, I think it's, they can just surround themselves or they can just survive the curry minutes. I think the they did have
0: more they did have more dribble pass shoot. Maybe maybe not even the shoot, but just you know, with with Bielitza and Porter and and Peyton, there was just a little bit more kind of, of that ball moverness around.
1: Oh, I mean, I think they massively missed those guys. Like there's no yeah. arguing about that. I, I I felt like we've talked about that at nauseum yeah. at this point. Um, yeah. you know, so I didn't even want to bring it on this one. But that's the right. point. That's the thing. But again, that's what they were thinking they were going to be able to get yeah. from Moody and Kaminga with a little bit more athleticism, and I think that's what's been disappointing for them so far this season. Sure.
0: So this is uh, this this gives me pain, but to even ask, did we have we? You know where I'm going. Uh, you live in Los Angeles. Um, mm-hmm. Have we have we written one or both of those teams off too early?
1: I think we've written off the Clippers too early and, and right, but I understand why and I get it. Yes. Um, I think, you know, I still look, look, the Lakers are on a phenomenal run right now. And, you know, let's not look at who they beat, but the fact that they've gone seven and three is pretty nice, you know, over their last 10 games. It, it helps when you play the Spurs three times in that stretch. Um, but I think the, I think their ceiling is still pretty low. I don't think it's a championship-level team in that sense. I mean, they're 80. Let's see if 80 can sustain this for the entire season. Like that's where I have my doubts. If he's going to play at this level the entire season, then we can talk about their ceiling being higher. But like, there's just too many holes on that roster where when they start playing really, really good teams. And yeah, they beat the Bucks. I get it. But when they play really, really good teams on a regular basis, I think it gets a lot difficult for them. And I think and that's where the yeah. challenge
0: comes from. And he's always kind of one bad landing or one hard collision away from kind of resetting.
1: Right. And I think that's sort of the the, the scary thing with, with AD. And he's been awesome. I'm not trying to take away from that. And no, the Lakers I, have found – the good thing with the Lakers is they found a way to play. And, yep. you know, Darvin Ham has done a phenomenal job with, with the – everything he's done, putting Russ to the bench. And Russ, to his credit, has accepted the role. I've actually enjoyed watching him play in L.A. in the sense of, like, the fans are appreciating him and he's appreciating them. It's not as toxic as it was really even at the start of the season. And I feel like you're the, they found how to play and how they want to play. Now, if they can make a couple additions here and there, add a little more shooting, we can, we can start talking about it, you know, of this team's ceiling being higher. But I still think, you know, okay, maybe at best they're a, 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 a six or fifth seed in the playoffs, and I think that's that even might be too high.
0: Uh, no, that's that's about where I was thinking, and and but but you know, in terms of we'd written them off so far that even just say yeah they they could you know they could be the sixth seed seems like a, just a massive you know upgrade in what we thought of them from before.
1: Well, from what we thought of them from before, like yeah. they gave us the. <laughs> They gave us a two and ten start. That's true. And looked absolutely terrible. It wasn't like, oh no, it's just like, hey, it's just a couple of missed shots or just some bad shooting. And once the, once the the everything returns to the mean, they'll probably be those are you know there's probably four more wins there, you know, or or, or whatever it is. No, that two and ten was some of the worst basketball I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. Seth. Like it wasn't. It was hard to watch and I'm a dude that sits here and watches basketball all the damn time, right? And we'll, we can stomach just about anything. It was an extremely hard watch. Like, they gave us reason for us to be like, nope, this team's completely done.
0: For sure. Um, so, Clippers. Uh, we, we we spent some time on NERDA last week, you know, kind of killing their their offense um, because they kind of don't have one. Right. Um, but at the same time, like, they're sort of – bubbling along and you know there haven't been they haven't been you know world beaters but they're one good run away from you know kind of being at the top of the western conference you know they could they 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 rip off an eight and two stretch or all of a sudden they find themselves well into the home court spots you like you know and and maybe you know maybe even at the top of the conference standing so i'm just you know Somehow they're, despite it not ever looking good, they're kind of getting it done a little, and just yeah. what, where, where do we, where do we, where do we do with this team? I
1: mean, they're the hardest team to project because of the fact that, like, we're really just asking, you know, is Kawhi actually healthy? And the answer is always no, by the way, people. Um, I, I just feel like now, after a few years, the answer is always no. They never tell us, they never give us the full story with the Clippers. You know, they've kind of developed the Spurs secrecy model of nobody's ever going to know what's going on. Um, And I feel like when they're right and they have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard on the floor, they have a ton of depth and a lot of pieces that can do things. You know, Norman Powell was a phenomenal pickup for them last season. He had his revenge game against Portland the other day. Um, I think like they have (laughs) vengeance shall be mine. Um, was what he, I appreciate what he was saying on every layup yeah. he was getting, uh, torching Simon. Um, but I think- Did he do the
0: penguin dance? Or is that just the the dude from Morocco?
1: Uh, the waddle, baby. That's, that's, uh, <laughs> can't be mad at the waddle. Uh, I, I, he did it, then I started to do it, Seth. Let's just not say TV doesn't influence people. Um, I, but I think when you're looking at with the Clippers is, if they can get their team together and actually develop that continuity of just like, okay, this is how we need to play. Then we can look at it and say, "All right, this team has a chance. They have the pieces. I think there's a trade there for them. I think they kind of need to, to to move one or two guys, and 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 things will fall more into place for them. Where in terms of like a hierarchy and pecking order. But it's hard to do that when Kawhi is constantly out because you might need those guys if Kawhi is all of a sudden going to be out for 15 games. And right. you know, it's 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 such a, a difficult position that they've that Kawhi's injury has put them in, that they don't know. Like, I don't know what necessarily is the right track. I can make a case where they got to make this trade or they, they shouldn't make a trade but and, 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 and feel like I'm right on both sides. So, you know, they're, they're a tough one there. But if they're right and healthy, they got one of the best coaches in Ty Lue, even though we bemoaned their offense last week. Um, they got Paul George, who I, I think is actually still underrated because people just hate him. Um, and I, I, I think you know, I think John Wall's gonna help them. I think Zubach has unbelievable skill that nobody really talks about in terms of being a big man. I think it's a lot of interesting pieces there. There's no reason they can't get out of the West if they're completely healthy and ready to roll.
0: I think that the thing that I don't know if this worries me, but it's it's more, you know, you were, I'm glad you gave credit to Lue because there's there's just you know breaking down how they've played. They're they're seven and zero against kind of the bad teams in the league. They've played kind of teams that are under a thirty five win pace, and I think for a team that's kind of scuffled and had people in and out of the lineup, just taking care of business against those bad teams, just kind of keeping themselves above their heads above water as you know everything else kind of get like hopefully gets sorted out, but. I don't know if, like, how well that translates to then, and they haven't they haven't played that many games against the top teams, so it's hard to say. But I don't know how, and and I I kind of don't think it does translate to all right. Well, you gotta go beat the Nuggets now. You gotta go beat the the Grizzlies when they're back to full strength. You, you gotta beat the well the Suns. We'll talk about in a second. Um, so I, you know, I just I think that they've they've kept themselves in the game. But they still have to get better.
1: I mean, it's it's almost like, would you rather be them now, or and and hey, we haven't even hit our stride, and we're three games out of first place in the Western Conference. Like we haven't even come close. Like, you know, or do you want to be a team that's peaking this early? You know, and and, and is that something you can sustain? And I think that's kind of the question. Like, if you're a Clipper fan, what you said is right on in the, in terms of like, hey, we we've handled our business and we're still in this without our main guys with, with, you know, Kawhi and PG have missed games together at the same time. And, and, you know, we haven't had Kawhi really right for most of the season. It's, do you feel comfortable saying, you know, we haven't hit our peak yet and we're right there. I think that's kind of the, if you want to do the propaganda spin, that's probably the spin <laughs> I would make. Like that would be the, if I was, if I was paid to be the Clippers, you know, uh, a play-by-play guy. That's the spin I'd be making. Don't worry, we're right there. You know, once we get these guys back, it's just, how many more times are we going to keep saying when we when they get healthy?
0: Speaking of how many more times are we going to say, why, why, what happens when Phoenix plays Dallas?
1: Man, I don't know, dude. It, 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 it's definitely some sort of, like, voodoo curse or something. This is unbelievable, man. Like, just, completely torched, you know, and, and, and part of it is, I just think defensively they don't have anybody that can guard Luca. And that's saying something. Cause I think Mikhail bridges is a hell of a defender. And I just don't think, I just don't think they can match up to Luca and that allows him to do everything he wants. Cool. You put a bigger guy on him. He's going to beat him on the outside, put a smaller guy on him. He's going to take him into the post and abuse him there. He, he, he kind of just puts them in all these different, Scenarios where we have an answer for 99 things. He's the one thing we don't have an answer for. Unfortunately, he's freaking a potential MVP candidate, which means he can beat us on his own on some night. And that's essentially what he did the other night.
0: So I don't, I'm not saying we've written the Suns off, but I don't think we've ever really written them on this year. Just, you know, the the way last year ended was so kind of, catastrophic is that too strong
1: don't oh, that's the right word It was like <laughs> catastrophe. yeah the um, season that they had and then finish it that way blown out at home on game seven i mean there's no worse way to lose it
0: so you know i'm not sure that i'm not sure what they could do to make us believers at this point of the season but i don't think even though they're 16 and 8 i don't think they've done it and so i'm just i'm like like where where are we with them as as a legit contender
1: i think they're a legit contender i actually it's it's funny and and uh probably people don't remember this but like right after they lost at game seven i said this is they need to be looking at the miami or excuse me the milwaukee bucks after they lost to the miami heat in game uh, in round one of the playoffs a few years ago Right. And then the next year they came back and they won the championship. All that stuff. I can kind of see that sort of that needs to be their focus and how they kind of go about this, how they look at this season and how they're going to attack. And that's going to be the thing. We're only going to wait till the playoffs. It doesn't matter a single thing they can. They can go undefeated the rest of the regular season right now. We're not going to talk about them as a potential. We're going to be like, but when the playoffs come, they're going to choke. <laughs> and I think that's, and, and, and you know what? That's fair. It sucks, but that's going to be, that's fair because we're going to look at them and say, like, why couldn't you pull this off? You know, we, we saw you struggle in the playoffs. It's a different story now. You know, what what is it? And I think they're going to, they're a team, though, that can potentially be that, hey, nobody talks about us all year. They're waiting for us to do it in the playoffs, and they're going to show us in the playoffs. But that's, that's the deal. That's why nobody's talking about them. We've talked about them already so many right. times, which sucks, because we're going to completely ignore Devin Booker, who's, had some phenomenal games. I mean, twenty to twenty-five from the field against Chicago. For I think he finished with like fifty-one that night, or 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 or, or whatnot. But like, we're going to ignore those those kind of moments because we're all just going to say the same thing over and over again. Do it in the playoffs.
0: And I th- I feel like the thing is is they had sort of some issues. Like like there was there was a degree of like, what the hell just happened against Dallas? But there was also some. No, that illustrates some issues. And like, if if Chris Paul isn't effective, or uh, and then every, Booker has to do everything. And there's, you know, again, getting back to the thing with the Mavs with the with the Warriors not having enough guys who can do stuff with the ball. I didn't really address that. Like no, you they, you, you, make, you make you're mentioning the, the the you know the the comparison to the Bucks. The Bucks went out and got Drew Holiday.
1: Right, right. <laughs> that's 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 probably the one big difference. <laughs> Was that they had that ability? I think the, I think that's been the that was the key mistake there. Was you know, like I talk about it with a buddy of mine who always you know, uh, he 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 roots for the Suns because of Chris Paul, and he always tells me, I don't know man, I think we got it this year. I'm like, man, you're banking on Cameron Payne. That's your backup point guard. Like, no offense to to Payne and the Payne family, but that ain't good enough in the playoffs. And that's where you, that's where you got to get concerned and stuff. But let's see what happens with the Crowder piece because I think that's going to be the interesting it's, uh, deal there. At some point, Crowder is going to get traded, I think. And it's what can they bring back in return? Because they can't trade Crowder for just draft picks. They need to trade Crowder for a piece that could help them. Because they are criminally thin. You know, coming off the bench, it's very light. And I think that's the thing that they're going to have to address at the deadline.
0: I mean, there's, there's, they're getting into a situation where they, there's, you know, a lot of Josh Akogi's, you know, a lot of Josh Akogi minutes coming, and that's, you know, again, worrisome.
1: Yeah, just not good enough. I mean, at, yeah. the, at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. Um, I guess you know, I want to end just quickly. A team that that I kind of feel like I've probably given a little bit of of kind of short shrift to in terms of I've, you know, I've done our pod, I've done some other pods and we're talking about the, and just kind of not really giving any due to new Orleans as a, as a top end threat.
1: It's it's a hard question. Seth.
0: uh, Yeah. Is it is it real or like I, I thought? The question you were going to ask is like, "Am I Seth?" I don't know. Are you an idiot? Um, <laughs> but no, no, But no, and I, I appreciate you not taking the bait that. there. No, I, thank I you.
1: already know the answer to that.
0: <laughs> so I mean, what you know? What do you what do you make of the Pellies?
1: I mean, they got a lot of talent on that team, you know. And they they actually shout out to Dave Griffin because he got killed by a lot of people for the the team he's put together over the past couple of years. And and there have been some mistakes in there. I'm looking at Devontae Graham. But, you know, um, but I think he's put together a really interesting squad when you think about it. If When they're fully healthy on, and everybody's on the court, you have three, three guys offensively that can probably get you 30 in any given game between Zion, CJ, and Brandon Ingram. And do it in different ways. And then you have supplement pieces in – you know, Herb Jones, Trey Murphy, uh, Jose Alvarado, Larry Nance, Jonas Valanciunas. You have pieces that kind of just fit. a lot fit. of dudes. A lot of dudes. And I think a lot of guys that can kind of – you can play different ways. Cool, we need to go small to win this game? Great. We can go small and put Zion at the five and put, you know, a lot of wings out there and, and things like that. Oh, we need to go big? Cool. Jonas, Zion, go after it, crash the boards. You know, you, you – you, you need an end-of-game possession, you need a one-on-one possession, you can give the ball to Brandon Ingram. You have CJ that can kind of just run the offense and get everybody flowing. They just have so many different things they can do, you know, and, 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 and it all come down to their defense. Their defense has been phenomenal, you know, the, the, the past few weeks, and that's including Zion, who I crushed. My very first one-mo thing was me killing Zion defensively. And this, was, and, and, and this was like two years ago. And then watching him now, it's, it's almost worthy of he's probably going to get another one more thing about how good his defense has been uh, in, in the near future. Just because That's wild. He, he's been that way. He's been the Zion defense that we've seen, that we expected from Duke, where he, he really cared about getting out to the corner, blocking shots, using his athleticism. He's not making crazy, dumb mistakes like he was before. He's engaged, which was really my biggest complaint, was – he wasn't at that time. And that's gone such a long way. And, you know, probably should start considering Willie Green for Coach of the Year. Like, this is an unbelievable flip that he's done with this team. When you look at his first 13 games as the head coach in the NBA to what it is now, like, I don't know what the record is, but it's going to be damn good.
0: So that I think you've you've sort of touched on two of the things that are maybe giving me pause, and maybe this is just me being overly wedded to preseason. And uh get to get to you, Charlie, in a second. Um very loyal listener, Charlie Saturday has a question for us. Um, <laughs> I, I'm I just I mm, I buy them as like a good defense. I'm not sure that I buy them as like a top three defense yet. And the the, and the the other thing is, with you mentioned the, all the dudes, it does seem like they've been. Maybe it's just a, a function of kind of timing and weirdness and whatever. It does seem like they've been a little better with one of one or one or two of their their kind of top guys out than they have been with all of them together.
1: Well, just the defense, I agree with you, and I don't think they'll finish the season a top three defense. Like, I don't I, – I think they'll, they'll finish with a good defense, but not necessarily a great defense, as you know, once things kind of settle down. The offense, though, I think that's the thing they still have to figure out, is how does it work with those three guys. That was my pause for them at the start of the season. You know, it was like, hey, they had a great offensive system with CJ and Brandon Ingram. Now you're bringing Zion in, and Zion's a system of his own. You know, a lot of dribble handoffs to get him going downhill – and, and, and attacking the paint and things like that. Like, how do you work this all in, and how do you mold that offense? That's going to be the challenge for for Willie Green, who, you know, if he does want that Coach of the Year award, that's what he needs to figure out is how to make it work with all three of those guys. And some of that might be just a fun little three-man game. Take some pages out of what the Nuggets do, you know, with, with Jokic and, and, you know, they put Aaron Gordon at the elbow and have Jamal Murray pass it into. Jokic should then play off of that. Like, there might be some some fun games that they can play within with those three. You know, I think the mistake will be, and it's a mistake that we see with Atlanta that we talked about over and over again, is, you know, have them play off of each other instead of just two of them playing off of each other. Have all three. Play a three-man game instead of a two-man game. Work it around and, and, and mold that stuff. I think there's there's a lot of meat on that bone that is dying to be picked. And, and, and hopefully – you know, Willie will be creative enough to come up and and, and see it, and, and willing to kind of play with that.
0: Sure, like you know, the the um, not just not just take turns, but kind of collaborate.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, nothing will drive me. Nothing's worse than take turns. <laughs> yeah, I'm like unless you have literally just two phenomenal dudes, but that's tough. Even that's tough. Yeah. You know, just yeah. take turn offense is is probably some of the. Mm-hmm the biggest mistakes teams go get into because you're not maximizing some, you're not maximizing your guys on the court.
0: For sure. All right, Charlie, you've been very patient. What you got?
2: What's up dudes? Humbled that you found the time for my question here. Um, <laughs> I'm curious getting back to some of your warriors conversation. I think this kind of applies to the Mavericks last year with Porzingis too. Like the, the challenge and nuance of developing players to become the best versions of themselves that would help the team that they're on win versus the sort of like more blank slate explore the explore the studio space approach with an eye towards you know that player reaching their individual ceiling Um, you know i just in in both of your minds like if, if you had infinite resources let's say you you know like what would you do if you were tasked with sort of doing both at the same time or trying to
0: I don't think you can do both at the same time I think you know I think that there's this is this is sort of the one of the the hard things about being kind of the the second or especially third best player on a really good team is your your how you're used should be kind of subsumed to you know it's the Chris Bosch right Chris Bosch was, was no worse a player, in many ways a better player in Miami than he was in Toronto. But he, wasn't, he didn't get to be the guy ever, and they were better for it.
1: it. It's the most difficult thing in terms of, okay, how do I get this player to the best player he could possibly be? And then how do I or, – or, or do I mold him so that he worked for our team and, and builds and and from that, you know our team's the best because he played this role. I think some of that goes into identifying who you're de- who, who you're drafting and who you're taking in. because Clay Thompson's a great example of that. What will Clay Thompson be on another team, Seth?
0: It's a great question. I think that I, I mean I think that I mean Clay Thompson is is a fascinating. Um, in and of himself, I think he's, he's someone who a lot of his advanced metrics haven't necessarily matched his reputation. But I think that's sort of because he has subsumed himself, and then all of a sudden, oh, the Warriors need a Clay Thompson game, and he's got you know the uh, what, what do the British say? He's he's got he's got that in his locker.
1: Yeah. No, I mean it's just you know like. If you look at Clay Thompson, Clay, if, if I had to guess, if he had his own, if he started out his career on his own team, he's probably closest to Reggie Miller than what we you know. And, and, you know, maybe that's a fair or unfair comp or whatever, but I think that's probably what he is. But because he's playing with the Warriors, but he, and, and he's not a dude that we would look at saying, hey, he got snubbed for the top 75 or he's the 76th best player ever in the NBA or or whatnot. I don't think he even reaches that height. I think part of being on the team with the Warriors and having the games that he's had and, you know, having the the, the Thompson game in his locker whenever they've needed it, it elevates him in a way. And he's kind of accepted that role. I don't know if we're answering your question all that great, Charlie, because I don't know if there's a, a, a right answer. You know, I think the, you just hope in the off season, Hey man, in the off season, we're going to work on your game to get you to the best you could possibly be, but in the regular season, we need you to be. The, you, you need to play whatever role we have, and if the time calls upon you to to show us what you did in the off season, we'll call you. You know, I and think, I think that's kind of the yeah. the, the, the challenge there.
0: Let yeah. me. I mean, I, I want to flip that around. Let me. Let me ask you this, Charlie. Is this is maybe at almost um, why we see like more veteran teams almost work well together is you know they get to a point where it's like all right i'm comfortable with who i am because i've done things in this league so let's get this done rather than let's get me where i need to go and i think that becomes a little bit it's i think it's a rare 23 year old who's like i could be a star but you need me to be a role player yeah i'm good with that
2: Yeah, I mean, that's why it's so interesting to me, because there are a lot of 23-year-olds, though, who, if they just get really good at role-player things, can be in the NBA for a decade, whereas if they try to be a star, they'll be a a star in Turkey in a couple years, where it's like, um, you know, it makes me think of a Matt Barnes story that always sticks out in my head, where Matt Barnes was was doing some individual work, and Maurice Cheeks was the coach of the— Sixers at the time, and he was like, "What are you doing? You're never gonna, you know, do that in a game when I'm playing you." And Matt Barnes is like, "Well, I'm getting better." And then, of course, Matt Bar- you know, playing uh many years in the NBA after that. So yeah, it's just something that always fascinates me. And and just in wrapping, like in regards to Porzingis, kind of that uh we were talking about that a little bit, Seth, and like. I just am I, I might be on an island, but I, I just still maintain after watching Porzingis this year, like if they just if Luca could have just gotten him the ball in other ways a little bit more and he wasn't just a giant uh Luke Cornet, like I, I feel like I feel like I don't know, there's some give and take there that's maybe not quantifiable, but
0: it, it that's a hard one because you know the when he was there and healthy but he was just, you know, the 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 what ifs are are sort of multifaceted, because like for a bulk of his time in Dallas, I'm not sure he was physically there. Like I don't think he he didn't move in da- most of his time in Dallas, like he's moving in Washington right now on yeah. either end of the floor. And so it's sort of like yeah, the idealized version, but not the the version that we had available is is maybe is is. But then the the you know okay, well I'm feeling good now, so let me do some stuff. Right, uh, <laughs> it's a tough one, and it, it's it's you know it, it we it, it's sort of the thing we're aiming at small targets, so uh, it's hard, and and it's, that sort of two prong thing is always difficult.
1: It's also kind of tough in that there is a first impression situation for like Luca, for example. Oh, you guys traded for Christoph Sporzing is great. When he's healthy, he's gonna. This is what he's gonna be able to do, right? And then when he's not able to do that. You lose that faith, if, if you know, of, of your guard, in that sense. And now Luca's probably like, okay, he can't do the things they said he can do. Let's, you know, I'm gonna have to do this stuff on my own or, or whatnot. So I think it's it's the Porzingis one's a tough one because that's right, he was never right in Dallas. Like this is, this the Luke the Porzingis we're seeing now in Washington is the Porzingis we saw in New York where we were like, this dude's a unicorn, you know. And 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 now what we're what we got in Dallas was a, a broken unicorn. And I think that's kind of the the the, the, the challenge there. But part of a
0: My Little Pony movie.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. That is is horn-off.
1: Yeah. You know, um, well, you know, I make my dog watch My Little Pony. To yeah. Oh. You know, sorry. Um, bad jokes. Uh, the, the the but the question in terms of your question is almost more of a development question. And that story, you know, like about Matt Barnes, like that's the that's kind of the the way you got to do it is like, Hey, if you want to work on these things, you got to do it on your own time. Not on, not on our time. And you, and, and you got to do what we need you to do in games. And if that's what's needed, then great. Happy you worked on it. But right now that's not what we need. And I feel like that's the, that's the challenge for just teams in general and development. And I think um, Draymond said it, not going to, not going to quote it. Cause I don't remember off the top of my head, but made a great quote about, Hey, like, these young guys they're going to benefit down the road for being in this winning situation and learning how to win but they're not learning how to play like they're they you know they normally get drafted into bad losing situations you're on a team like Orlando or Charlotte or whatever and then you just get to learn what the NBA is like on your own and make a million mistakes here in the warriors case they're learning how to win and i think that's the 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 challenge at the the coaching staff and the organizations have to figure out is how do we how do we do both. And to be honest, no team, not even the Spurs, have really kind of nailed
0: it. Good stuff. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks a lot, Charlie. And I think that's a, that's a pretty good spot to end for for today, Mo. Uh, you want to, uh, before we get out of here, let people know where they can find you since you've got a, a lot of different things going on now?
1: I have a million things going. I have a one more thing dropping tomorrow uh, on Twitter and YouTube. TikTok and Instagram. The easiest thing is follow me on Twitter, M O D A K H I L underscore NBA. Cause that's where I put all my work out there. And from there, you'll be able to find what, what I'm doing and when. Uh, so that's probably the easiest
0: thing. Well, thanks a lot for for joining me. It's always fun when we're freed of the shackles of Dave, keeping us on topic and moving. <laughs>
1: yes. Thank yeah. you for having me, Seth.
0: All right, man. Talk to you. I will. Well, I guess I'll talk to you later this week and, uh, <laughs> Two days. Yeah. Thanks, thanks folks for listening. I'll be back tomorrow. I think I'm gonna talk some kings tomorrow. So look forward, look for that. Take right, care and talk soon.